Thank you. Um, please uh, join me in uh, welcoming. We've got Ben and Gloria joining us this morning. Come on, Ben. All right, great. We're having a little sit down for this one. Oh, watch the back there. Ooh, that's um, that's not on the stage. Yeah, careful bit. Ooh, that nearly went very wrong to start with. Okay, so um, what we are uh, doing in these panel sessions is really trying to go after a lot of the culture, um, which uh, we're working through in this book. If you haven't got one yet, the Culture Journal, then um, you can get one around, come and grab somebody who looks like they know what they're doing afterwards. And uh, we have been going over that for the last kind of few months or so, both in the Sunday uh, talks, um, which are all available, you can go back and listen to them, but also in groups uh, in the middle of the week and just exploring some of these culture statements um, like uh, God is good and uh, we live in the presence of God and all, all the kind of really good stuff that is in here. Now, in the summer, over these next few weeks, what we really want to get to is exploring what that looks like and any other day of the week except for a Sunday. Um, what does it look like for people who don't work for NUMA, um, who don't spend their time praying for people, um, planning church and doing church activities, who are active in the world in the day-to-day? And so uh, I get the pleasure of uh, chatting to these two today. Um, So we have Ben and we have Gloria. And what we're going to do is over the next mm, 20 minutes, if that, I'm just going to ask these to some questions and this will be really conversational and we're just going to get to it now at the end these two are going to pray for us and we're going to pray for them and then we're going to wrap it all up does that sound good all right cool sounds like fun to me as well so a little bit of a brief background about uh these two so gloria uh you live locally with your husband and your two boys You were originally from Uganda, and you moved here in 2009, and you work as a GP, and uh, you are also active here in Numa Kids. Yes. Awesome. Uh, Ben, uh, you lived in India until you were 18. You're married to a familiar face, Shiani, um, with two wonderful kids. You, uh, I didn't know this about you, Ben, you were a primary school teacher, didn't know that, Um, but you now work in development as the head of international development for the Salvation Army UK. Brilliant. Thank you both so much for giving up some time this morning. And um, I'm really looking forward to what you're bringing. And my first question, and to be honest with you, we haven't prepared a whole lot of this because we really want to be um, able and willing to go with and where God might lead us. And so my first question, which I did prepare you for, was God is good is like the first and biggest culture piece of this whole thing of Numa and church and what we're all about. So give me, I'm going to come to you both two times. Firstly, I want a story of how you, what immediately comes to mind of God is good in your home life and also in your work life. Who wants to go first? Go on, Gloria, you've got something good. (laughs) Okay. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, so God is good, and we see this every day in our lives. Um, Like Josh said, I'm a GP. So in my line of work, we cannot talk to people about Jesus openly. You could get in trouble for doing that. And yet the people that come in, you keep thinking, if only they knew about Jesus, he would help them. He would make this situation better for them. Um, But over the years, God has shown me that he can still reach out to people 
even if I don't, you know, openly say, shall we pray together? Um, I can pray for my patients, and I have seen God do amazing things. They are not, you know, you don't have to be Christian. You don't have to know that you're being prayed over, but it's going into work, praying before I go into work, asking Holy Spirit to be with me, to give me wisdom, because sometimes you pick up on a thing in a patient and my colleagues will ask, how did you think about that, think to look for that? And I honestly cannot explain what prompted me to do that, but that's the thing that was um, affecting this patient and you're able to make a difference in their lives. And I know that it's because God is good, God loves everyone, God wants us to be healthy and to thrive. Um, Yeah, so... I pray for these people. They might not be part of it. They're not in agreement when you're praying for them. But God still comes through and he still heals them. And he still does amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, God is good. And like, how does that play out at home? I think for me, a lot of it is, well, in the last few years I've been kind of on my own personal journey about kind of trying to recognize how good a father God is Um, and and part of that well a big part of that is is me recognizing that I am a loved child as well Um, and and I've I'm I've got two young ones Malachi who's six and and Alora who's four and and I am like really wanting to be the best parent I can be but at the same time I learn so much about God's heart through my children and me trying to understand what being a father is. Mm. Um, and to, to give you an example, like when, when my daughter, Laura was, was learning to kind of put on her clothes herself, and you know, she would wake me up really early in the morning, um, and she would like, Daddy, Daddy, look how beautiful I am. Yeah. You know? yes. And she did that like consistently for a few mornings. And I, I you know, in your bleary state in the morning, it's like, yeah, yeah you're lovely. You look beautiful, didn't you? Um, but... Uh, but that it, little experience has really taught me about it's not only understanding that God is a good father, but it's all, also understanding that God calls out beauty in us, and we have to recognize that. I have to recognize the beauty in me, not as I, what I look like, but in, in how God's created me to be, and actually saying, God, you've created me as a beautiful person. Yeah. Thank you for that. Mm. And, and allowing my heart to be open to that and walking into that. And that's been like a very personal journey for me, just understanding what it means to be loved by a good father. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, how about you, Gloria, in terms of uh, how, how, what immediately comes to mind when you think about God is good in your home life or in your, in your, even in your personal life? Yeah. So um, we, James, my husband, and I are originally from Uganda, And we've only lived in the UK for the last 13 years. Well, me 13, James a bit longer. So we don't have any family here. We've got two boys and we both work full time. But somehow our children are looked after. Um, We've got, God has brought people into our lives who've been really good friends, who've become family, who help us with Daniel and David Um, Sometimes if I'm running late and James is stuck or he's in London, we still have people who look out, um, pick up the boys. And um, it's amazing. Our children don't 
they've been healthy, and I know that's just God. Um, we've not struggled in, in that in that sense, because when my family phone us, they always ask, are you okay? How are you handling things without any help? But God's been good. Um, yeah, he is good. We've not, we've not lacked. Yeah, we've not lacked. Even though we don't have biological family in this country, we're not lacking. Our children have aunties, uncles, and cousins, and they're happy. Yeah. That's great. Um, ben, I want to come to you in terms of... Um, hearing a bit more about your work as uh, Head of International Development at Salvation Army, both for this statement, so God is good, but also um, another culture statement, we were chatting very briefly earlier in terms of what does it look like if we say that God is always working and how, how does that actually play out for you um, in your day-to-day in terms of what you're doing is a very strategic thing. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I work for the Salvation Army, and it's a real privilege to work for an organization that is Christ-centered, mm-hmm. and I have a boss who prays for me, and, you know, our one-to-ones, he prays for me, and I think that's just the coolest thing ever. But, so it's a real privilege for me to work in that context. But in, in terms of, you know, how that plays out in my work, um, there's, a, there's a verse in Micah, Micah 6.8, and it talks about loving mercy, um, and when, when God's, God says, love mercy, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in that verse as well. But those two words, love mercy, to me, is about compassion. And it's about making sure that my heart doesn't get calloused to the endless stories and statistics that I'm immersed in. Working in international development, extreme poverty, we're working with clean water, anti-trafficking, food security, horrendous situations where you see communities struggling to make their way out of that situation. And it can get quite overwhelming. And if, I'm, if I don't keep myself in check, keep my heart in check, those statistics can just be numbers. But if you look at Jesus, he moved with compassion all the time. Like he just, that's what moved his heart, just compassion for the individual people around him. And that's been a real like, challenge for me in my workplace to make sure that I just allow the Holy Spirit to, to my, for my heart to remain soft to the Holy Spirit, to feel that compassion that God has for the communities that we're working with. You know, whether that's here in the UK or in countries in, in Africa and Asia, where I, wherever we're working, um, keeping God's Holy Spirit allowing myself to feel compassion because I, f- I feel that that is that can get lost in when you just see the the overwhelming scale of some of the injustices that we're we're working within um, but at the same time I've seen uh, incredible opportunities that God has just opened up for the Salvation Army to move in and and to to really just be a, a support um, but but at the same time that, again, coming back to that verse, Micah 6, 8, it also talks about walking humbly. Um, and, and that also is really central to, to ha- how we work. Um, it's, it's very easy to be, when we're telling stories about people who've been transformed or, or changed by the work of the Salvation Army, it's easy to tell those stories in a way where we become the heroes in someone else's story. You know, but really, 99% of the, the effort and the time and, and the, 
the energy is those individual people pulling themselves out. There might be a little bit of facilitation and support that goes around that, but it's those people, and it's checking ourselves, making sure that we are working out of a place of compassion in our hearts and, a, and walking out humbly with God. Um, and that's a personal thing for me, for my team, um, and, and for then the partners that we're working with. Um, and I think if we live it out on, on our desk, um, it does filter through to just everything that we do. That's great. And I am really interested in uh, the difference between your two roles in terms of the freedom that you have, Ben, and, and the ability to... Uh, to see God working in you and the freedom to explore that in your day-to-day and how you channel that through. And Gloria, how do you... Talk, talk to us a little bit more around the how you live in the presence of God in the day-to-day. So is there any sense of work mode and non-work mode for you? Like, Do you relate to, to God and the presence of the Holy Spirit differently in those two times? Does it feel like a tension or, or not? How, how do you... Yeah, talk a bit more about that. Okay. Um, so I try and start my day in the presence of God, get up early before the boys and try and, you know, get into the Word, have worship time, prayer time. Because when, when you get to work, it's very busy. And it's easy to forget and switch off and go into autopilot. You're trying to get through the day. Um, but then I try and, and stop and think, you know, like um, Ben has said, it's, it's so easy for this to become a number, for this to become another patient in pain. You know, this is probably the 40th patient you're dealing with in pain. So it's... You can lose the empathy and the compassion, which isn't right. Um, and you can so easily start to complain about the workload and, you know, there's so much that goes on. But I, I try and remind myself. So I have these scriptures written down, but also I try and remind myself, um, do not grumble and complain, you know, in all things. Don't be anxious for anything. Present your concerns to God. Um, I also am reminded that we are the light of the world and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So although I'm in work mode, people can still see that you're being compassionate. They can still see there's a difference about you. They might not necessarily know what it means to be a Christian, but people can tell um, and they'll give you feedback. Um, We're also told that let our gentleness be evident to all. So when I'm having a manic day and I feel that I'm getting a bit stressed out, Holy Spirit will remind me of that. You're not being gentle, calm down. So um, I cannot do my work without God. I'm not constantly aware of him, but I do get every maybe half an hour or odd minute when I'm aware that he's there with me. I know he's there. Um, because otherwise I wouldn't manage doing it without him. It becomes overwhelming. But also it's knowing that if he's here with me, people walk in and they will be healed. Or if I'm going to do phone consultations, I'll say, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Um, and maybe they'll get healed on the other end. There's nothing God cannot do. 
Yeah. So when he healed that Roman soldier's servant, he didn't have to be there. The servant said, just say the word. And I'm sorry, the Roman soldier said to Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed, although the servant was elsewhere. So I know that, you know, that person doesn't necessarily have to be in my room. I don't have to be laying hands on them. But Jesus is present and um, he has all authority and he will heal. He will heal them. That's great. And yeah. I, I honestly, I feel like we could go for hours because I'm really enjoying this. I don't know if you guys are. Um, I, we probably should only have time for one, maybe one more question because I do want to make space to, to pray, actually. And what you were uh, just talking about, Gloria, in terms of um, expecting God to move, uh, one of these, these culture statements talks about, I'm just going to read it off, says... We believe that what was impossible yesterday is possible today because of who God is and the authority he's given us to see heaven come to earth. So what, how, how do you really uh, earth that or how do you really um, take that and live that out um, in your two different situations where, Gloria, you're seeing people and you have the ability to interact with them directly, whereas, Ben, you're... Not necessarily. You're, um, if I'm understanding correctly, you're very much more strategic and influ- influencing and creating um, the, uh, the the kingdom plans that are going to to bring that life. So, what does that look like to believe that what was impossible yesterday is possible today, whilst dealing with the realities of all the um, massive concerns and crises that are going on in the world in particularly in, in development um yeah that's a big one <clears throat> yeah you got I like think, two minutes for that. all right yeah well very quickly uh, i think it's easy for me just to sit back and then if i see an enormous project that needs to be funded or something like that to to look at my own resources to look around and see what we have internally can we do this can't we and if the answer is no then okay the challenge is to, to look at what needs to be done and then literally just say, God, how does that happen? You know, and, um, and I've seen out of COVID, COVID lockdowns was an incredibly pressurized time for the Salvation Army where our resources were absolutely stretched to the max. And I've seen not only God open up opportunities over that time, but increase the, the, the ways of working and the partnerships that have come out over an incredibly pressurized time. I don't have time to go into all the details, but like it, even at that kind of strategic level, God moves and God opens up doors, and, and I've seen that. Wow. You actually did it in one minute. That's even more amazing. Uh, okay, so I, I think we should wrap up because we're, we're, we're yeah. going close to time, right, Shani? Now, what has been really evident to me in, in, the, in, in the course of the, just these 15, 20 minutes or so is... And I don't know if it's evident to you as well, who are, who are kind of here in the room or watching it, is the, that you two, one of the things that you share is a real knowledge of who you are and who God has made you to be in terms of your identity. It seems to me that you're really rooted. And I want that in terms of I, I would love to have that. Um, and that's not just because you're flourishing and thriving in your, in your day-to-day roles, but it's probably connected in terms of God, you are living... I think it's fair to saying who God has made you to be, and I would love for you to just pray that over us. Does that sound? Does that sound good? Um, 
Okay. So why don't we all stand, all of us, um, and you could just take a minute. I hope that's clear in terms of you two carry uh, identity of who God has made you to be. That is so clear to me. And there are so many of us, myself included, who, who want that. We, we need it. We need to know who God has made us to be and to start living in that in a way that, that you two are modeling and sharing. And so would you just pray for us? And we're just going to make some space for that. Um, our Father God, we thank you so much for this day and for this moment and for the words that have been shared today. We thank you for the lives that have been impacted. And Lord, we thank you that you're our Father and we are your children. We pray for everyone that's listening today, everyone that's here today, Lord, that you will make them aware of who they are in Christ Jesus May everyone know that we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a chosen generation. Father, may you make this real to them. Um, And even as we go out into our workplaces, Lord, may we shine your light. May we be the salt of the earth, Lord. Um, We pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to move with us in our workplaces. You move with everyone that's here. And as they study the word of God, help them to find out the truths of who they are, for they will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. May they know that we are your children. May they know that we have a Father who is powerful. May they know that that Holy Spirit who raised you, Jesus, from the grave lives in each and every one of us. And we have that same power to do great things to bring healing, to bring love, to be a light to all those that are around us. May your presence surround us in the workplaces, in our homes, as we look after our children, as we go by our day-to-day activities, those who are at university or in school, may they be aware that you're with them, Holy Spirit. May they invite you into their lives every day. And may your name be glorified in our works that men will see this and they will give glory to you, our Heavenly Father. We thank you, God, for your word that is a lamp unto our feet, and we pray that we will spend more time studying your word and that, Holy Spirit, you'll become real to each one of us um, and that we'll continue to fellowship and commune with you throughout our day. We thank you, for without you we are nothing. We give you glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and your love. And I pray for each person here in in this room and watching this time now that your Holy Spirit will enable us all, all of us, to take a step further about understanding how loved we are and understanding what that means as a child, being loved by a good, good father. And I thank you, Jesus, that your spirit can pierce any guilt, any shame, anything, Jesus. It can pierce through. I pray that your light right now will just break into our hearts, allow us to see our full identity of who you've created us to be, loved and beautiful children, loved by a good, good father. Just speak that over us all today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Join me in just praying for for these two as we close.
Father God, thank you so much for Ben and for Gloria. Thank you for how you have worked powerfully in their lives and how you are working powerfully now. And God, we just pray a blessing on these two um, in their work and in the calling of their lives that you have called them to, to be parents and to be a husband and a wife. Um, and yeah, to, to, to flourish and to thrive in what you have called them to do. And we ask for more, God. Would your favor and presence be with them, ever increasing as they uh, love you more and get to know you more and experience you more in their day-to-day. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Uh, Join me in giving these guys a round of applause. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.